All right, well, hey, everybody. Thanks for coming out. Uh, like Matt said, my name is Wyatt, for those of you who don't know. And Matt said, uh, or I think maybe Nick said, we're going to be in the book of Colossians for this, uh, for the foreseeable future. So I'm excited uh, for what God's going to teach us, and I'm excited for uh, the groups and, and what's going to, to happen there. So if you would, turn to Colossians chapter 1. Uh, Colossians chapter 1. Uh, and we're just going to start in verse 3. And then I'm going to give some uh, background to, to Paul and his letter uh, to the people at Colossae. So, Colossians chapter 1, verse 3, and we're going to go to verse 8. Uh, it says, We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you since the day ye heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth, as ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your spirit, or your love in the spirit. And so, as we break this down, we're just going to kind of go through some questions. And the first one that we're going to see is, how did Paul hear about the faithful believers at Colossae? Uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 1 says, For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you, and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. And so Paul's writing this letter. He starts off by thanking the people at Colossae for what they've done, for the way they've acted with the gospel. And at the very least, we can conclude that maybe this church has had a bunch of new believers. Paul hasn't met them yet. Or maybe Paul's never been there. But Paul heard about the gospel. Uh, Colossians 1, 7 through 8, as we just read, as he also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. So Paul learns of the church of Colossae and what they're up to because a faithful minister declared it unto him. Uh, Colossians 4, 12 says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. So we know Epaphras was, at the very least, a faithful minister for Christ. Maybe he was a pastor, maybe he was a leader, uh, we don't know. But man, Epaphras is sharing, uh, he's speaking boldly and edifying this, these people, these people that he's a part of. And he's writing unto Paul, and Paul's writing back to this church. Uh, and, and Paul's glad and he's thankful that, that this church is a faithful church. And so, I just want us to start off by thinking, do you ever have a chance to speak highly of someone in your life that is a faithful minister and servant of Christ? Like, when we go and, and we think about the people in our lives that, that need prayer and, and need love and need edification, we think of those that are usually hurting or, or need uh, comfort. But we should be excited and we should be celebrating those that are faithful in Christ. Because there's not many of those. Like, let's be honest, there, there's not many faithful servants of Christ in our lives. And Epaphras is telling Paul all about this. Whether Paul brought it up or Epaphras brought it up, Epaphras is sharing, like, man, these, these guys at Colossae, they, they love the gospel. And, and we're going to get into why they love it and, and when Paul uh, gets into it. And so uh, Paul is, is thanking this church. And we should be thanking and, and speaking edifying words to those around us about the people that are serving Christ. Right. Like, think of those that have done great things for the Lord, and, and tell others about that. 
maybe those people don't want you to share about them. Uh, maybe, maybe the people at Colossae didn't want Paul to know about them. Uh, but we should be sharing boldly those things. And so we, we see how Paul heard about it. Uh, let's see what Paul has to say about it. So verse 3 of Colossians 1 says, We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. So when Paul hears about this, he gives thanks. He's thanking God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And when is he doing it? Paul says, praying always for you. Paul gives, gives thanks to God in prayer because of the things he's heard about them. He's not just talking about it. He's not sharing it with others, but he's praying about them. Uh, and I think that's a great example. Uh, we talked about this verse last week. James 5.16 says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. See, our prayers matter. Our fervent prayers availeth or help and benefit those who we pray for. This is a constant theme in Paul's ministry, and it should be in ours as well. We should effectually pray for those, just like Paul does. Uh, something cool I found out as I was preparing for this is Paul constantly opens up his letters to faithful churches with prayer. Uh, Philippians 1.4 says, Always in every prayer of mine for you all making request with joy. 1 Thessalonians 1.2 says, We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. Romans 1.9 says, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit, in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. See, Paul has a constant and consistent pattern of prayer that we can follow and should follow as well. So think of those faithful brothers and sisters in Christ that you can make a conscious effort to pray for and lift up. Paul writes to these churches, and they're faithful churches, and he says, I'm praying for you fervently, constantly, I think that's something we should be doing as well. Uh, so, man, I think that's something we struggle with as believers, as a Laodicean church, as 21st century Christians. You know, life's busy, it's crazy, but I don't think we take enough time to pray for each other and to pray for faithful brothers and sisters. Uh, like I said, it's easy to pray for, for those who are struggling and hurting and, and for those we want to get saved, for those that... Uh, we want to come to church, and, and those are great things, but, you know, I don't find myself praying for those that I'm serving with, that are my pastors, are my deacons, are those that have done great things for the Lord. I think that we should be doing that. So why is Paul taking time uh, to explain the things that he's heard? So, so what, why, why, like, what has the, the church at Colossae done? So verses 4 through 6 says, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, where have you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel? And so the first thing we see is the faith. The, that's the first thing Paul, Paul points out, their faith in Christ. So this church's people have, has a visible and outwardly faith in, in Jesus Christ. And when you have faith in Christ, you follow his commandments and you desire to know more about him. So Galatians 3.26 says, For ye are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So we are children of God by our faith in Christ. This church had faithful believers that actually knew the gospel and lived it out. Uh, they didn't just say they knew Christ, but they actually visibly had fruit. 
Colossians 1, 6 says, Which has come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you since the day you heard of it, and knew the grace of God and truth. So the gospel came unto them, and it brought forth fruit in their lives since the day they heard of it. And it should bring forth fruit in our lives as well. If we have trusted in Christ, uh, we should have people who are able to point that out. So if you have faith in Christ, that should be visible. Uh, you know, nobody knows if you have a, re- a relationship with Jesus Christ but yourself and God. Like, if you truly have faith in Christ, uh, that's between you and the Lord. That's not something I can, I can call out. But, you know, visible fruit in your life makes that a lot more evident. And so, yeah, Paul's thanking them for their faith in Christ and that they, they brought forth fruit in their life. Uh, and we should have people who are able to point that out in our lives as well. Uh, so the next thing that Paul writes is that they had love for all the saints. It says that in verse 4, and the love which he have to all the saints. And so another visible thing that they were able to physically display uh, is the love that they have for their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And so that's the saints, the people who have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And they chose to act selfishly towards those who have been, uh, who have been uh, in arms with them. So Galatians 5, 6 says, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. So does your faith in Christ Jesus cause you to love those believers in your life? Like think of all the people that you go to church with, that you serve faithfully with, that are difficult to love. Like think of all the people in your life, and and people are, are difficult. Like even people that you go to church with. I may be one of them. Uh, But we should have a love for brothers and sisters in Christ. Like, think of all the the hatred that we have towards one another sometimes, the grudges. Uh, Man, we should have a charity that is put in action. And this church displayed that. Like, faith should work love. And that should be visible in your life, and it should be visible in my life. Like, that should be evident. And we can, di- we can display those things in ministry, in church, uh, by loving and giving affection and our time and our money and our energy to those that need it. And so uh, the last thing we see is, uh, is that they had hope. And so verse 5 says, For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, where have you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel? So the believers at Colossae had hope, and this hope is the hope that all believers share. This is that one day we will be face-to-face with Christ, in glory, right? We hope and long for that day, that where there's no more death or sin or pain, uh, but that, that we can be with Christ in glory. And so this hope drove them to have faith in what they heard and love towards those that shared with them. So I have faith in Christ and I have love for you guys, but, but I have those things because I have hope in what is to come. Right. Uh, my faith is meaningless if, what Christ did on the cross and what Christ said about me and, and what uh, happens after this life, didn't, if it didn't happen, what's the point? And so this hope drives me to have faith in Christ and this hope drives me to love one another. And so that's difficult, especially in this life. So maybe you felt down, maybe you felt like this year has sucked and it has for almost everybody. It's been an awful year uh, and it only seems like it's getting worse for most of us, but man, our hope should drive us to have love towards one another and have faith. And, and this is what this church did. They had hope and, and hope 
like Romans 8, 24, and 25 says, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? Uh, but if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. So do you feel like you're being patient for the Lord? Because it's difficult right now to be patient, isn't it? Uh, the hope that we are waiting for is, is obviously worth it. The, the God's word is clear. Our hope is eternally significant. In this life, this long suffering, uh, this, uh, the suffering that we have in this life is, is very hard for a lot of us. And this church, I'm sure, went through a lot of difficult things. But they had hope in what God's word said and what, and what Epaphras shared with them. And so we need to realize that our faith and our love and the hope that we have are all intertwined. They all work together. And so I want you guys to be thinking about these things as you go about your weeks, as you go about your jobs, your school. We should have faith in what Christ did for us on the cross, and that faith should cause us to love one another, even those that are difficult. This church had love for the saints, and it had faith in what Christ did, and that fruit was evident, and that hope drove them to have those things, that, that hope that is eternally secure. And so... The last verse I want to leave us with is 1 Corinthians 13, 13. It says, Now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. And so we see that we have faith, hope, and charity, which is love. And so I think the greatest of these is love, is, is charity, which is love in action. Um, because we can have faith right now in what Christ did on the cross for us. We can have hope for an eternity spent with him. But we, when we meet Christ face to face, man, we won't have to have faith because he'll be in front of us. And the hope that we have is, is evident, right? Hope is, is not seen. And so we'll see Christ face to face, but that love remains. That love remains for each other, and that love remains for, for Christ. Because we'll be with him in glory, and we'll be worshiping him for eternity. And so... Uh, Matt mentioned that we should have a memory verse every week, and so uh, I want this to be the memory verse for the week. 1 Corinthians 13, 13, if you want to write that down. Uh, and so that, that's it. Uh, I'm going to pray, and then uh, we can be done. So, Lord, we come to you tonight, and we're just so grateful for your love for us, uh, for the sacrifice of your only begotten Son, Lord. I'm so grateful for the cross and, and my salvation and I can have an eternal hope, Lord, that I look forward to the day that you return or the day that I go home to you. And so I thank you for faithful brothers and sisters in Christ that I can pray for, that I can be thankful for, that I should celebrate the accomplishments that they have. And my faith that drives me to love them uh, should be evident in my life. I should have fruit because that's what the gospel brings. And so uh, I pray that these groups that we have are fruitful. I pray that we are able to open up to one another and that we uh, can just share what you've been teaching us, God. So I do love you. I thank you. It's your son's name I pray. Amen.